Well, hello everybody and welcome to this week's podcast of Your Manchester. Oh, it's great to be back with you, Belle, and we have had some fun this week, haven't we? We've had a lot, a lot of fun and we've got a lot, a lot of guests for you today in today's show. So tell everybody to make sure they are fully listening and paying attention to the next few minutes here on our podcast. And subscribe. And like. And comment. First up on tonight's show, we have got one of our friends of the show. He's a wonderful actor. He's gorgeous. And he's called Sam Redford. What's he up to now? So we've got to first of all talk about the fact that I never knew you were actually from Australia originally. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is where the whole accent thing comes from. This is where all the crazy accents going all over the place are from, I think, because I was originally was very... I was very Aussie, especially after a few wines or a couple of whiskeys, you know, full-blown Aussie. And then, uh, and then I kind of hid that because, you know, you get bullied for, for all sorts of skills. So, uh, so I hid that and then, uh, and then the man came and then all sorts happened. Yeah. Wow. Would you ever go back? Yeah, I probably would. I, I, I miss it. I miss, I miss the wildlife for me. I'm, I'm a massive nature freak. So, uh, so yeah, as soon as the first thing I did when I came to the UK was, uh, was, was, um, We've got a snake. I've got a pet snake because I wanted to. That's the one thing about the UK, you know, beautiful forests, beautiful lakes, but nothing. nothing there's nothing out there that's going to kill you. So it kind of takes the fun away from the wild camping a bit. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I would love to go there. We don't want anything to affect you, Sam, because at the moment your career is going from strength to strength. And we're lucky that we've seen you grow because you've been on our show quite a few times. Oh, now, you guys have been there from the start. I know, was one of the first where we had one from. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got to say, big shout out to my cousin's daughter. You've got a massive fan in a girl called Bethany. She's watched every programme of Ackley Bridge and you're one of her favourites. So can oh, you say Bethany. hello to Bethany? Absolutely. Hello, Bethany. Sending lots of love Oh, you're so sweet, Sam. Oh. You really are so sweet. Yeah, but then you've moved on to loads since then. Sam. That uh, short movie we yeah. premiered before December, wasn't it, in the last programme? Brilliant. Yeah, What's hopefully, been the most... hopefully you guys will, will be able to see that. It's just kind of doing the um, festival circuit at the minute, so hopefully, and I, I'm not allowed to announce yet, but hope, you know, hopefully you guys will be able to see it. It's been over in America, but um, but yeah, it's coming over to the UK for a bit. So is, we'll is be that able one to, of the things uh, you're most proud of then, Sam? Definitely, I think that was so much. The best thing I've ever filmed and been a part of, and it means so much to me because it's about kind of uh, disability representation. And my brother's got cerebral palsy, and I've kind of always grown up around disability and stuff. So uh, making that film with the the boys Lloyd and Neil, who I don't know if anyone came to, but it was actually where I met you guys. Was um, it was behind the team behind Closets, the musical that we did at Hope yeah. Mill. Uh, so the lovely boys Lloyd and Neil, who are the writers and directors of Closets, also wrote and directed this fantastic film that hopefully this year we're going to turn into a feature um but yeah in the meantime it'd be great if you guys can see the short but i'm sure it'll come soon it's just going about the festivals but yeah it's a beauty uh, film it's great this year you uh, and last year certainly you didn't really um sit at home on your laurels did you you were keeping extremely extremely busy just going off your your instagram alone you seem to be all over the world perhaps tell us where you've been 
Oh, I'm, I very luckily uh, managed to uh, run away to the Caribbean for a month to, to shoot Death in Paradise. Oh, represent. Oh, it's over there. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, and then I've been uh, running away and doing all the usual wild camping and, uh, and bushcrafting and stuff like that. So it's, I've, been, I've been super lucky this year and last year, of course. Yeah. It's been, it's been Death great. in Paradise, that's a real coup. I mean, I sit watching that program and thinking, God, it'd be great to get a part in that and go off yeah. to the Caribbean. And that happened oh, to I... you. How lucky did you feel when that gig came in and they were like, pat your bags, you're off? It was, I think it was a four-day turnaround as well when I got the phone call. It was like, ah, pack your bags, mate. You're getting on a flight. So I was like, okay, cool. So, uh, <laughs> wow. So, yeah, it was great. Living my best. And who are you I, I mean, I just, in Paradise? I am playing a guy who yes. uh, wears clothes and he has a flowery <laughs> shirt and has some rings on and he's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did he do it? Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we nearly had you. We nearly had you. <laughs> oh dear. So um, you do musicals, you do acting. You've also started up. Um, I do believe your own film company as well. Yes, I was. I saw you the other day. Got to yeah. uh, got to flip the uh, the hand on the other foot and and got to film you. Uh, me, me lovely cameras in the background, yeah. Um, it's been lovely. We're, we're currently building a film studio over in Stockport. We're, we're called Collective Media Co. And, and yeah, we do all sorts of um, filming, just a, an independent film company. So, yeah, we uh, for all of your filming needs, basically. But it's kept us busy over lockdown. That's brilliant. How does it feel to be on the other side? Really lovely. It's amazing. I've kind of fell in love with it. When we were making this Sam film, uh, we'd this Sam film kind of around the, the similar time we were making a, a horror film, and uh, and that was kind of the first thing I directed and was behind the camera on. Uh, but I've always been interested in the whole kind of mechanism of filmmaking and, and theatre making. So to have the opportunity to spend then after that like a year, year and a half on uh, on just pretty much every day working on different films and stuff and, and, you know, lucky enough to get our own kit and stuff so that we can just, you know, keep rolling films out. And, and that's why kind of Sam and, and all of these films that we're working on at the moment, we're kind of able to come into fruition so quickly. It's amazing. He was here the other day. I must just say it was the weirdest thing because obviously I've done a lot of interviews with Sam. Yeah. yeah. And this was, he was, he was literally on his knees. <laughs> He was on his knees with his big pole because he was working sound. And, um, <clears throat> what? You're reading into that. My son was doing my sound for me and making his sound gorgeous, he was. Making his sound gorgeous. I know, I, I, love your, I love your head. Thank you. I'm quite fond of yours as well. The, uh, the, the scratch, the Buddha head. It's beautiful. Right. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. So what's next for you then, Sam? Um. Still cracking on this year, same as hopefully. Uh, still making films, hopefully make Sam the feature. Um, hopefully get rid of this beard soon. And, uh, and yeah, crack on. We've got some exciting stuff, exciting meetings um, coming up. So yeah, fingers crossed. And, and hopefully be back on with you guys and, and catch up with you. In, oh, uh, definitely. In we need you back in the studio when it's safe to do so. Oh, I need, we need people back in the studio full. This is horrendous. And uh, look, get me out. I can't handle this. Sam Redford, thank you so much for your time today. Go and enjoy your nice wine. Now, have we got any fans of Harry Potter out there? I'm sure at least one of us has read a book of Harry Potter or has seen the amount of films that uh, do get repeated every Christmas, every Easter. 
every day they're on somewhere apparently they're on every day now two guys that have monopolized on this very lovely franchise are these two guys all the way from potter vision podcast well it started off as a a stage show really so uh we had a stage show we're doing it about four years it's a parody of the first harry potter film but then everything got cancelled because of lockdown and, and all that malarkey so we thought hey why not get a podcast going so uh, we started a podcast where every episode is a different chapter of the book and we just have a good old laugh doing it yeah i mean i saw a tease like a trailer of the show that you were just talking about where you played different characters and kind of condensed potter Uh, it was great was it disappointing when the tour got cancelled and how quickly did you turn this into a podcast um, it was bloody disappointing, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I think uh, we had some big shows coming up in uh, Manchester and London, then that got taken away. Then they've been rescheduled, then rescheduled again. And our show's really interactive as well. Uh, like, we get the audience involved, and that's really going to slow it down for a bit. Like, we get them up on stage, and we have, like, I don't know if you know about Harry Potter, but there's the uh, Bertie Bots Every Flavour Beans, and there's, like, this sequence in our show where we have, you know swapping jelly beans between our and audience's mouths so it gets quite uh, <laughs> contagious a bit yeah so it's very disappointing oh we can't do that for a bit until we all get vaccinated i mean for oh, me it's the worst thing about covid the fact that we've had to drop that part of the show um, <laughs> <laughs> so where did your love for harry potter come from then i don't know really i think i think we just thought we've seen the films we've read the books mm. we enjoy it and and it's kind of something that look. everybody seems to know and like and i think that's why we chose it as something to to kind yeah. of poke fun at really yeah there's two things you, that people you look really really like harry potter with them glasses i know they're a bit they're a bit too long aren't they they need to be more mm, I'm, of, I'm being ironic <laughs> um, back to malfoy you were saying something go on no me malfoy yeah uh, yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, we just thought um, there's two <laughs> things that people like, really, and that's Harry Potter and Chuckle Vision. So we just thought we'd put them together. Potter Vision. Oh, I know. The theme tune is. What's like, Chuckle Vision? Potter, Potter Vision. <laughs> Potter Vision. <laughs> See, I should do that for you, shouldn't I? You've, You've just done it. it. They'll use that now as a sample. Make sure you get royalty, royalties on it, I tell you. But what you don't know about Harry Potter isn't worth knowing. I've listened to some of your podcasts and uh, you dissect it, don't you? You go from like a complete chapter and talk it through and kind of analyse it, but in a really fun way. Mm. I think I think that's the thing, isn't it? We kind of, the Harry Potter is kind of the springboard and then we end up talking about all sorts of rubbish from, I don't know, our own lives and the world and how crazy things are. I don't know what you think, Tom. I, I, well, I mean, we're both very fond of Harry Potter because we like grew up watching it and reading it and stuff. In a way, it's kind of like, you know, a daft old nana that you love, but you love making fun of, like with the family. Mm. Yeah, so even though we are kind of taking the mick, I think we do do it in quite a, a nice way, really. Well, that's the intention. Yeah, it's, it feels like it. It's a tribute to your love of this particular genre of film, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a, we have a so, good old time. Go on, sorry. So what will you be doing next then? When we get out of this situation, you're going straight back to doing the shows or are you planning something special? I think I think we're going to keep doing the podcast. I think we've just finished recording kind of the first book, so there's another six of them to do, so that'll uh, keep us busy. But yeah, we're hoping once kind of uh, restrictions are eased, we'll get back booking venues and 
going out and doing it live because that's the kind of main show really and we've really missed doing it this year you know edinburgh fringe is normally where we do it every year and we really miss not doing it this august so yeah and what's the reaction been to the podcast then from anyone maybe who has seen the show uh, have you had any of them get in touch We've got some, uh, yeah, I think it's been quite amazing, really. We've had some, like, we've got some diehard fans who've, like, stuck with us. And we've, how long have we done the show? Four years. They'll come every year. And then they've stayed with us watching the podcast and stuff and getting in touch, which has been really lovely, having, a, having some fans, yeah. Yeah, and it's been really nice to kind of get, and, and then we've had kind of organic new fans who've just listened to the podcast and never seen the show. So it's nice to kind of get that mix, really. Hmm. So how would you sum up the show to people then that haven't seen it or heard it? How would you sum it up to them? I kind of think it's a bit like Harry Potter meets League of Gentlemen. Like very, uh, it's very dark <laughs> and twisted. Like mostly, yeah, you wouldn't bring children to it. No, it's a bit too dark for that. There's a lot of like Al Qaeda references it, and, and you know, it gets quite dark at times. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird mix of. It's kind of like a farce, but then it's also silly, and that it's a bit dark. Hmm. And, um, it's, it's a good good bit of fun, but audiences seem to seem to enjoy it. Brilliant. And the podcast, where can that be found? If you just go to pottervision.com and you can click podcast and find it there. And it's on iTunes and Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere that you normally find podcasts. Now then, if you ever fancy a read, everybody, make sure you check out a very unique section of the world. It's called the LGBT literature world, everybody. And uh, a gentleman here now to talk to you all about that. If you think of the Booker Prize, which is, which is kind of like the Oscars for books... Um, that was just won by an LGBT title, uh, and and this, that's happening so much now. Um, but I mean, we stock over 1,200 different titles, and none of them are that top-shelf books that you're on about, although there are a couple of picture books for your coffee table that might go into that category. Um, but otherwise, it's, it's fantasy novels, it's autobiographies. Um, there's just so much great queer literature out there that isn't being exposed by anybody, so... So how long has this been running then now? How long have you been doing um, LGBT lit? So we've been physically selling about four months. Um, we're doing fantastic. I think that it started just before lockdown kicked in. So it's taken us quite a while to get all of the logistics and the site up and running and getting publishers and, our, and distributors on board. Um, but yeah, four months of actually selling now and it seems to be working really well. Fantastic. And you don't just ship to the UK, do you? You kind of go everywhere, do you? Yeah, ship internationally, because what we found was there's lots of people in places like Spain, um, Italy, Netherlands, France, who, who want to get hold of this literature. But of course, they don't print in English over there. So um, we, we've, we've had quite a, quite a lot of hefty, hefty uh, packages being sent abroad as well. Now, you mentioned earlier on about trying to find a book, you know, that explains sexuality and coming out. Was there any particular book that you have found helpful over the years that you would recommend to anybody out there? Um, I wouldn't necessarily a specific one, only because there's such a spectrum. So depending on where you feel you might be, there's a plethora of books. But uh, Meg John Barker does some fantastic graphic guides around gender, sexuality, um, and, and they're really simply put, and there's no dogma behind them, and there's no, you should fit into this, this, or this. It teaches people to freely express themselves wherever they sit on that spectrum um, and wherever their preferences may, may lie as well. 
it's it's good that there is this real sort of focus on LGBT plus literature. Um, where do you see the future for all this going then? What's the ultimate ambition? Um, the next ambition is a store in the city centre, hopefully. So we're, we're putting plans in place at the moment. The, the, the next stage is stocking every single book and distributing it. But um, if we can have the option of a storefront, then we, we definitely want somewhere that people could come in, browse, get recommendations and kind of experience us as a brand. That would be brilliant. Sounds absolutely amazing. And well done to yourself for doing this as well, because like I say, things are different. I've uh, improved a little bit these days since my day, but they're, they're nowhere near where they should be. They're really not. Uh, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, if they want to get hold of these books from yourself, whereabouts do they go doing that? Uh, either just search the internet for Queerlit or the website address is uh, queerlit.co.uk. Well, I've been doing a lot of reading in lockdown and uh, one of the books that we came across, me and you, Belle, was this particularly fantastic photography book. Yes, it's called Regeneration Manchester, and the author's hit with us right here, right now, everybody. His name, Mr Len Grant. Uh, I've been a photographer for about 30 years, and then about five years ago, I, I took up sketching. Um, and then I kind of had the courage to do a whole project just about Rush Home. I live in Withington, and would cycle through Rush Home uh, almost every day when we could. Um, and... Um, I decided to kind of spend my weekends and evenings for a whole year. Uh, first, I did a blog called The Rush Home Sketcher, and it was a, it's a blog which you can still see. I think it's therushomesketcher.co.uk. And then I made a book. Um, so this is my first sketching book. It's about my 20th book, but this is my first sketching book. All the other books are to do with photographs. I do think if you've got an eye for photography, I think you are going to be able to turn your hand to art, and you clearly have done that very well. Oh, well, thank you, Shell. It is. It's really great to see those places that I know in Rush Home, but yeah. presented in a completely different way. So that's brilliant. That's something that's, like you say, fairly a new skill. But this. This. Oh, my God, this is. book. Absolutely Epic. everything. Now this is called uh, Regeneration Manchester. This is thirty years, thirty years everybody, of storytelling. That's that's I'm flicking through this. Honestly, it is absolutely just brilliant. Uh, so where Thank did you. this all start from you then? Well, I became a photographer when I was thirty years old. So you can guess if this is thirty years of it, you can uh, do the maths. Uh, but I became a freelance photographer. <laughs> that's right I took it up I was very young when I took it up um, and I became it smells great as well doesn't it this one it smells does. wonderful do you know I was thinking that before let's have a look inside this book shall and we and it's a hardback book as well which I yes. think is always good really yes. nice feel sorry I distracted myself when I was smelling it uh, so I became a photographer 30 years ago and I've been lucky enough to follow the regeneration of Manchester We've done the Bridgewater Hall, the Arena, the Lowry, the Imperial War Museum, uh, New Islington, Ancoats, East Manchester, etc., etc. And uh, last year I kind of decided, because I was locked down and a lot of my work had dried up, to kind of put it all together in one book. So that's how I've spent lockdown one, really, is, uh, is making a retrospective book. The history of Manchester because we are an industrial city, aren't we? And this is just 
a perfect snapshot of those years and these iconic buildings. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? When you look back on it, it also included the rebuilding after the, after the bomb. Yeah. And you see those photographs, which we've forgotten about now, when the city was totally wrapped up in plastic. Um, and you show those to people who, who weren't here um, all those years ago. And, you know, they just, it's, yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible how things have changed. Do you remember what Ancoats was like and what Hume was like? Yeah. I do. It was, they were all rather, we were talking before about the, the, um, 96, the, Yeah, the bomb. Yeah. The bomb. The Where we bomb. both were. And just because the memories, I think to anybody that's been around for a little while, this book just, is, is, it's not just a book, it actually is a memory stirrer. Mm -hmm. Because there's so many things that have gone on that have changed Manchester, that have made Manchester and have improved Manchester. How, how did that feel for you when you compiled this, looking at your old pictures and comparing them with the new? Well, what, what was interesting is I've done lots of books before, so I've done a book particularly about the Lowry or the Imperial or the, um, the Bridgewater Hall. Uh, but I'd already did, always done it for somebody else. So this time I was kind of doing it for myself. So as you see in the book, there's lots of kind of references um, to my own situation and how I was feeling also in my own creative journey, which wasn't always very straightforward. I also like the fact that you capture these real people and yeah. quite characters. You know, there's a, a, a lovely image of a lady who's heavily pregnant towards yeah, the yeah. end of the book. And you actually tell us a story I mean, if you want to kind of like tell us a little bit about it now, of, of just getting her to appear in the book. Yes, so I, um, it was about, well, it was exactly 17 years ago because, uh, and I was in uh, uh, the pie shop, the Krusty Cobb in, in Beswick, um, and I saw this heavily pregnant woman, and I plucked up the courage to, um, to, to ask her to be photographed, that's the picture there. Yeah. Um, and we, we went back to, um, to her partner's house and I photographed her there. And I tracked her down for this book. So I knew somebody who might know her. And I tracked her down and asked her permission whether I could use the book and the, story, the, the picture and the story in this new book. And then she told me that the next day after I photographed her, she gave birth. Um, and her son is now 17 years old. Wow. wow. Oh. And of course, my, my favourite story is about um, Agnes, I think she's called, Agnes Lewis. Yes, yes. Agnes. Tell us about that. So Agnes um, lived on the uh, Cardroom estate, which was this uh, rather run-down estate. I won't be able to find it now. There's 176 pages in here. Oh, yes, here we are. Page look at that. There we go. So this is yeah. this is Agnes who um, who lived on the Cardroom Estate, which uh, has now obviously been demolished and made into New Islington. Um, and I photographed her as part of my work, but then I got to know her really quite well. And even after my commission had finished, I'd go around to her place and I'd do some errands for her. I took her once to uh, the the Asda up in Eastlands to get her eyes tested, and things like that. And then when she, when she died, and she was looked after by all her neighbours, uh, she was in hospital for a little while, but her neighbours were really, really great. 
Um, and she didn't have any family, so she was looked after by neighbours. And when she died, the neighbours invited me to um, to make a, a speech at the funeral to do her eulogy, which was a real honour. And uh, yeah, that was one of my highlights. Oh wow! I mean, that that's special, and it is like you say, memories, people, places, times. You, you're great. dead right, Shell. I mean, what, Shell, you, you, you put your finger on it, really, because although it's about the regeneration of Manchester and there's lots of pictures of buildings being built, it's always, my story has always been about the people doing it, the people who are affected by it, the people who are making decisions about it. Because whatever we say about regeneration, we see cranes and we see new buildings. Essentially, it's about people, and it's about it's about people's lives, and that's I'm you know. Glad that this got made because yeah. it very nearly didn't, did it, Len? <laughs> it's true. You know, if it hadn't been for lockdown, I wouldn't have made that book. And um, it, it, as you say, it's a big chunky book, and I, I ran a crowdfunder campaign. So for all the people who. Um, Put, you know, put some money towards it. They've got all their names in the back of the book. Um, I couldn't have done it without them. Oh, brilliant. Let's give a shout out to one of them. Oh, go on. <laughs> a shout out to one of the people. All right, in the back of the book. Right, yeah. here we go, here we go, here we go. Right. Go on, pick oh, one random, go. Oh, it's so lovely. Michael Simpson, shout out to you. Ah. Andy <laughs> Walsh and uh, Sarah Rawlings. Massive thanks, because it is an absolutely lovely book. Well done on it, Len. Where do people get hold of this from, Len? So they can get it from my website, yes, please. Um, and if people just search uh, Len Grant, uh, there's only one of me, um, and they'll get to my website, or just Len Grant, uh, Big Cartel, uh, and they'll get to my online shop. Thank you very much. Oh, I feel very cultured. We've talked about books, we've had an actor on, we're educated, Flo, we're educated. Oh, I hope our listeners feel educated and they come back next week. What do you think? I hope so too. We've got another fantastic show lined up for you. So make sure you tune in to this podcast, The World of Your, Your Manchester. Manchester.